superstars. Welcome to the Up Your Creative Genius podcast, where you will gain insight and tips to stomp on the accelerator and blast off to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Patty Dobrovolsky, and if this is your first time tuning in, then strap in because this is serious rocket fuel. Each week, I interview fellow creative geniuses to help you learn how easy it is to up your creative genius in any part of your life. Hey, everybody, it's Patty Dobrovolsky, as you know, and here we are today. My guest is Marcy Willard, Dr. Marcy Willard. Let's get it right. She's a licensed psychologist. She's a tech entrepreneur. She's a nationally certified school psychologist and author of Assessment of Autism Spectrum Disorder. And that's a clinical book. So get that right today. I would download it and get it. But you are the founder of Clear Child Psychology, which I think you're committed to making child psychology accessible to everyone. And I love that about you. And you are so amazing. The things that you're doing. I am so happy to have you. Thank you for being here. Wonderful. Thank you for having me, Patty. I am so looking forward to this. I know, you know, we just met. So for those listeners, we just met randomly through a mutual friend and we were like, oh, my God, like this was the best conversation. And immediately I said, you have to be on the podcast because the things that you're doing, Marcy, are just so they're really game changing for parents of kids who have neurodiversity. And if you're a parent listening out there or, you know, someone who has a child with neurodiversity, you really want to tune into this because you're going to get an understanding for the things and the complexity of that. And so you understand. And Marcy, I hope you'll talk about this at some point. This is normal. You know, we think that kids are supposed to be treated in a certain way and that you treat the special kids in a certain way, but everybody's special now. So people have to realize that change. So tell us, tell us, Marcy, a little bit about you so people can get to know you a little bit. Tell them about yourself. How'd you get here? Right. Well, wonderful, Patty. I'm so excited to do this. So in terms of how I arrived here and a little bit about me, I was a software salesperson well over two decades ago. That's scary to say, Patty, (laughs) Uh, and had a really good experience But I had this heart pang to do something to change the world. You can call it a blessing. You can call it a curse, right? But I wanted to make things better. And I was a psychologist working with this person, Dr. Anna Kroenke, who has now become my co-founder. And we decided that something had to change in child mental health. And I'll tell you why. Okay. We were on this mission to help these kids and we were doing assessments. So we primarily did diagnostic assessment for children, right? So pediatric diagnostic assessment. And we would have these parents come in and we would tell them, Hey, here's what's going on. You've got a great kid. Here's some of their amazing talents and here's some of their challenges. And here's what you need to do. And here's some recommendations to get you moving forward. And they would look at us every time inevitably and say, wow, thank you. This is amazing. This is life changing that we can finally have the path forward. It's like a golden key that unlocks the door to my child's future and potential. And then they would look at us and say, I got one question for you though. Where were you five years ago? Oh yeah. 
Right. Oh, my God. Can't you feel that pain of all those parents? Yeah. So it was just brutal to hear. And sometimes we'd be right down the street, Patty, and you'd think, gosh, this is a mess. Right. So these parents that have waited for on average two years to get in to get help for their child. And then the help is readily available, but it's just not accessible to people. Right. The psychologists know what to do. There's a pretty clear formula for how to help these things, but nobody could find the psychologist. And now it's gotten even more dire. There are even fewer psychologists than there were then. And as you know, there's a mental health crisis on our hands. So you have about 500,000 mental health providers, many of which do not do diagnosis. And then you have 20 plus million families looking for those people. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Right. Oh, wow. That's wow. That's just like over the top. You know, I mean, I worked in mental health, so I understand really. I remember the change, you know, when we started to do HMO and how everything shifted then. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to mean healthcare isn't accessible. Support for people who have mental health issues isn't going to be accessible anymore because nobody's going to pay for it. Yeah. So what is really alarming and pretty unbelievable is even when families do have the means, right, to get good help for their child, which is a blessing in itself, they still can't find people to help them. Right. So if, so it doesn't if, matter if you have money or you don't. You mm-hmm. can't find help. You can't find help. Wow. So then you and your partner, you mm-hmm. stepped in to kind of fill that gap, mm-hmm. didn't you? Yeah. So what we did was we decided that we could make this assessment process more of a formula, right? So let's look across all the areas that could be impacted in a child's mental health behavior or development. Let's put it in a model that makes sense and let's create an image for each specific symptom, which is what those pictures are behind me. Oh, that's fantastic. I was looking at those like, what are they? I was hoping you were going to talk about them. Okay, good. So you see the girl with the shell there. That's about auditory processing. So listening and understanding what's coming in through your ears and making sense of it, right? So we made an image like that for every single symptom. And then we wrote an article for every single one. And we put them in that textbook that I had published with Dr. Anna Kroenke and Dr. Helena Huckabee. We produced this textbook. And what happened there was we were able to say, here's the stuff that needs to be looked at for any kid, right? Yeah. And then once the kid responds in a certain way, then you're going to dive deeper into certain areas. So it's a dynamic process. Meaning that it's not really like you're going to tell them what to do is that you expect the parent to be engaged or teacher to be engaged in some way with the experience to see what does work. Right. 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 So because I think parents, you know, people, they love to have like a one thing fits all. And that's just not what we're dealing with. Yeah. The magic pill or the, the magic <laughs> wand. It does not exist. I hate to break it to people, but yeah, yeah it's the journey. And what we discovered in this process was that families really need ready access to tools that they can use right now. Yeah. And that a lot of the tools that we were all taught as kids or generationally were passed down really don't work, especially with neurodiverse kids. So, um, give me an example of something like that that you're talking about that doesn't work, that was passed down. Well, you ready for one that I'm going to get in trouble for saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. because this is up your creative genius. We're all about getting in trouble. <laughs> yes, right, right. So consequences, 
So that's a big one, right? So even, you know, really very savvy parents are applying consequences to their child based on their behavior. And it sounds good. It sounds like an idea, right? So if they do these behaviors, yeah, because then it would be like Skinner box, right? That if you go down and press the lever, then I'm going to give you a pellet like AKA your phone back. Right. So what happens with that is on the one hand, withholding reinforcement is a good thing. So let's say I don't work. I don't get paid. That's fair. Right. Yeah. Right. So if I'm a parent and I'm essentially paying my kid through whatever means we give away things yes, and I withhold that because I'm expecting a certain behavior to happen, I make it contingent, that works because you go, oh, what do I have to do to get what I want? Oh, I have to do that. Right? Okay. Okay. But on the other side, it doesn't work. And this is what we've all been taught. And then when you go to try it, you'll realize that it almost never works. And it's this idea of you did this wrong thing. So I'm going to apply this consequence, which kids think all consequences are negative because parents are always saying, I'm going to give you a consequence, right? right? And and consequences are like, go to your room, get a timeout, get such and such taken away. I'm going to take all these different privileges, things like that. So what ends up happening is the kid feels the sense that you're trying to control them, right? Like a puppet. Yes. So they resist that. And then what they do, and this is a great example, another thing I can get in trouble for. So you're driving down the road and you see a police officer, you know, on the side of the road. So what do you do? Instantly slow down, right? You take your foot off the gas, you slow down. And then the police officer drives away. So what do I do now? Speed, Speed up. Right back up. Speed right. up. Right. So am well, I that's better- what your kid does then. Yeah. So am you I get a timeout and then I'm going to go right back to what I did before. Yeah. So what they do is right. They, Got it. They, go, they have a lot of creative ways to get out of that punishment. Yeah. And in the moment, the parent feels like they've won that because the child does comply. Oh, wow, right. Wow. But what ends up happening is it didn't teach God. me anything. Right. Yeah. I didn't learn anything. I just learned how to avoid your punishment. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which is not good because then you don't ever understand your behavior. You don't understand what's going to make the world work better for you. So you end mm-hmm. up living a life filled with avoiding consequences, which yeah. no, that's not yeah. good. And then what they've learned, and Dan Siegel is a big professor of this, and both Hannah Larson and I talk about Dan Siegel's work all the time. We love it. And he talks about the idea of discipline. The root word of discipline is to teach, yes. right? So what am I trying to teach this child to do? Yeah. And so when you're teaching a skill, you would never just... How I rip out the rug from under you and then see if yeah, you can do it, right? That's you right. Right. You would go, let's partner on this. Let's mentor on this. Let's talk about creative ways we can address this. Yes. Now, yes. Again, it's, it's okay to withhold your behaviors, right? To say, I'm not going to pay you for that. I'm not going to give you something for that. But to say, I'm going to put all these oh. obstacles in your path is really just, it's a game that we're playing with ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So Marcy, you were in the schools, you saw these issues and you were working with kids and you saw all these things happen. So you created this assessment mm-hmm. that people could use, but talk about how you married your technology because this is really the thing that I was so impressed by and interested in, you know, was you created something from that that made it easier for people to access it anywhere. Yeah. So this is from Clear Child Psychology. We created an app called Katie, C-A-D-E-Y. And Katie is a method for families 
to access the kinds of strategies and recommendations they need to help their child. Yes. And it, it's immediate. And that was really, really important because when parents are in distress, they don't have time to go make an appointment and sit down and have these long discussions with you, even if they can get in. So yeah. what we developed was an assessment that parents can do. It's okay. dynamic, like we talked about, like we did in our clinical assessments. So yes. they answer a certain set of questions, get recommendations right away for that. And then they can keep going if they have more questions that they want answers to, right? So we provide immediate recommendations in the moment through the app. Yes. And then on top of that, they can upgrade to get live coaching from us okay. as, as psychologists or other therapists to guide them on their journey. Oh, that's so fantastic. I know that parents need that right mm -hmm. now. They're just at a loss about what to do. So this to me is so incredible that you created this. Now, tell me, you created then a whole business around this. So you did first the child care psychology, the clear child psychology, right? Mm -hmm. But so now the app is happening. And so where are you in the process of that? And now you're really an entrepreneur in the entrepreneur space, right? right. So how did you adjust and learn what you needed to do? What did you do in your mindset in order to move and shift into this area? Were you just desperate? And did that desperation lead to something? <laughs> Tell me about the entrepreneur part of it. Because well, it's not say, easy to have a business that's around that, right? Right. Yeah, they say necessity is the mother of invention, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. No doubt. Yeah. So I knew from the beginning that I wanted our tools to be technology-based. Yes, and I also knew that I would never take the human element out of it. Right. Right. So it's been an iterative adjusting process to determine what really is the best way to provide maximum access to the most people. So, yeah, so, because you're right? talking about a diverse audience that's mm -hmm. listening with diverse needs. Like every kid is unique, right? Right. And millions, so, millions of people, right? So it's not. Did you say 200 million, right? I said like that's million. how. Yeah. How many? 20 million, 20 million, yeah. 20 million. So, yeah. So at least 20 million families that are actively seeking help yeah. and most of them won't get it. Most kids never get mental health support. So the idea that this is happening, right. Kept me up at night and made yeah. us go, how can we get this into people's hands faster and more effectively? Right. So we yes. want to get it to everyone. So if it's just me in my office and Anna in her office, right, we can only help so many people. No, but, you can only help however many patients you can see every week. Yeah. Right. Even that's not the most effective way because you want the parent to be the one who actually is helping the child and then the child helping themselves, you know, so that's yeah. huge, Patty, is that agency, right? The agency for the parents, because your child's best advocate, right? You care more than anybody. Yeah. And so you as the parent, having those tools makes all the difference in the world. So it's one thing for you to come in, get an assessment with a psychologist, and you get your big fat report and you're on your way, yes. right? You don't have that sense of agency yet, right? You need the tools in your own toolbox so that yeah. the next time your child's freaking out at Target, you can say, okay, I'm going to help you, right? I know how to help you. I yes. have some tools. Yes. And I'll just give you an example for that. So tantrums are a big one we talk about in our app and on our website. Tantrums, one of the big things that we teach is to shut your mouth. <laughs> when yeah. your child is having a tantrum, be quiet. And we all 
want to just dance around and talk to them and negotiate with them and tell them you can't do that. And that's not right. And let me tell you what you need to do. And let me give you some consequences. Right. And the kid just spins up more and more and more. And now you're in the tantrum with them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> it's your tantrum now. <laughs> right. Right. So we teach them to go sit by your child, be present, model your own calm demeanor, show that everything's okay by the way you present yourself and sit with them and breathe and listen. And I'll tell you, even working in the schools, nine times out of 10, that kiddo will open up and tell you what it really is. And even if you don't totally agree, you yeah. can just show that you get it, right? Like, yeah. I hear you. You really wanted that, yeah. right? And they'll look at you like, oh, you know? Oh, okay, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm still mad, yeah. but I'm not nearly as mad because you get it, right? Yeah, and you're listening to me. Yeah. You're listening and, to what it's really about. And so then you've taught them something, mm-hmm. right? Versus like, I'm just going to go toe-to-toe with you and we're going to escalate until one of us wins this. Instead of that, you go, I'm going to teach you how to calm down when you're upset and you're going to use this the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just love this. This is such a nice way to start the day, in my opinion, you know, with this conversation, because, you know, you watch the parents on the plane and you watch the parents who are in the grocery store just freaking out. You think to them. It's okay. You know, we're watching, but we're okay with it. You know, I think that's part of it too. We get so judgy about everybody. Right. It's really important for all those parents listening that if you're in that situation and you see a parent with a child that's freaking out and the parent is doing the best they can, you know, give them a wink or a thumbs up or say, Hey, you know, you got this or Hey, it's rough sometimes. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. these parents are trying as hard as they can. And, you know, if your kiddo's freaking out, there's not much do? you can do. Right. And it's okay. And it's, it's an illusion to believe that we're in control of our child's <laughs> behavior. Right. Okay. So, okay. So I love that. That's really tangible for parents to take away. Now, okay. So in this process of doing mm-hmm. this and transitioning, you must have hit your own series of roadblocks. So tell me, what did you do when things became challenging for you? What do yeah. you do? Yeah, that is a really good point. Because your thing is your baby in a way. And yeah. sometimes it does have a tantrum. And so, <laughs> you know, for entrepreneurs that are listening, your business is that. So what did you do? How do you help yourself? Yeah, there are a fair amount of tantrums in engineering and in startups. I would say that definitely happens. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I've learned is a which is going to be right in line with your work is keep your eyes on the prize. Right. Yeah. So having goals and aspirations is not only important for our kids, but it's important for us, right? So when you know where you're going, a lot of times you can endure those rocky patches, number one. And then number two, the importance of self-care. So I really provide the opportunity for that with my team. And I say, you need a break, take it. Rest, you'll come back better, right? You'll be in a better place when you return. So self-care. So I take a lot of walks. I have my morning meditation. I have my morning check-in with like, this is my plan for the day. And here's what I'm hoping and intending to do today. And then I check in with myself at the end of the day and I check off my wins. 
Hey, yeah. you know, and I pat myself on the back. Hey, nice job, Marcy. That's there we go. You know, really, you're hitting the success button. So I love that. I mean, normally I ask people, what's your day like? And there you have it. You gave it to us. But I love that what you said was, and I think for those of you that have teams that you're working with, even if it's a small team, you just have a VA or you're doing courses online or you've got whatever. What you're talking about is doing a daily check in with them mm-hmm. so that everybody's on the same page. And you know what you're working on. Were you a manager of people before you started your own business or and how did you grow into that? So I was in the business world before I was not an entrepreneur before. So I didn't have the entrepreneurial background, but I certainly had a a lot of business background. And I think the biggest thing that I learned and I'm continuing to learn as we all are. (laughs) She said, did you see her? Oh, if you're not watching then she kind of looked off to the side, it was like a little in joke with herself about it. Okay. We're ready. (laughs) There you go. So it's to be myself, right. Be authentic. And I knew that if I needed those breaks and those check-ins and those, Hey, that was rough. Let's all acknowledge that. If I needed those things, my team likely did too, right? And yeah. what ended up happening was we're all mobilized towards this important mission to provide yeah. mental health and behavioral health access for children to everyone, right? Right. Um, every parent, because we were all mobilized towards the same mission and we have permission to rest, you have the most motivated, energetic team you'll ever see. Yeah, because... The goal is really clear Mm -hmm. and the need is really clear. I think this is, you know, part of it when people are building their business or coming up with something they want to do in the world, you have to realize you're filling a need with what it is. It's not just that you want to go do something. You have to do something that fulfills a service for the world in some way. And when you marry your passion with service, then you accelerate your ability to expand. And you certainly have. So tell people what happened. You know, Marcy did the mapping process, but actually Marcy made me stop doing what I've done in the past and start doing something new, which is really amazing. For example, I used to always have people draw the current reality and the desired future reality on the same map. But this year, I'm not doing it that way anymore because I learned something from you. And so tell them what you did with your map and what happened. Yeah, so I do think that up your creative genius is genius. And I had (laughs) such a good experience with it that I am delighted to be on your podcast. So what I did, Patty, was I drew two pages, one with my current state and one with my future state. Yes. And I drew myself in the picture, which I learned was a really important aspect of this, right? Right. So putting yourself in the mindset of both places, right? My current right. reality and my future reality. And I drew them in black and white. And then I would put it away, right? I reflected on it. I got excited. I think I shouldn't say that first before I put it away. I was really excited about it. So I went about this as a creative, enjoyable process. I'm not an artist. Anybody listening to this is going to crack up because I'm a stick. (laughs) That's right. And it doesn't matter. It's better if you draw stick figures, in fact. So okay, I love that. That's what the research shows. You remember it better. Okay, great. I started drawing and I just thought, well, wouldn't that be neat? And it led to, oh, and another thing I want to try. 
and another thing I want to do. So I start drawing that. And then on the current state, I say like, okay, here's where I am right now. And what ended up happening was after I put it away, things started to happen and I would go back and color in the picture. And then I would go, wow, like this is literally coming to life, right? So the image that I had for my future self and my future vision was coming true and is coming true. And what I realized was a huge key that unlocked that was this getting in the creative process. It's one thing to set goals, and I am definitely for that, but goals are different than setting a vision, right? So you have goals and those are important. You set your timeline, you say, this is the thing I want to do by X date. But more than that is that emotional charge that you get, right? From saying, wouldn't that be neat, right? Wouldn't that be incredible? Like, that's what I say, you know, do the courageous, outrageous so that you really put on your picture these outrageous things that you think, wow, I mean, like that would be so cool if that happened and tell them what's one cool thing that happened that you had on your map that you didn't expect. Do I need to tell you which one this was about Uh, the trophy? Oh, the trophy. Let me tell you about the trophy. So this is somewhat hilarious because I wanted to represent the idea. I had this big conference coming up that I was going to be presenting at. And in the conference, the prize winner is the startup of the year, right? So I wanted to be that and I wanted the conference to go really well. So in order to have a picture of it, I drew a picture of a trophy, right? Of yes. this number one trophy. I knew what it meant. I knew that if I get that, that means that I won the startup of the year, right? So I was really excited about that. So I, I drew this. And then time goes by, we do the contest. I did not win for my company for startup of the year, but we did win for this People's Choice Award, which was another really cool opportunity for People's Choice in the category that we were in. So in the health tech category. So when we won that, I was of course excited and we were all celebrating and time goes by, right, Patty? So I'm excited. That's all good. We celebrate, we move on. So months go by and I get this package in the mail. And it said something about trophy on the outside. And I literally left it sitting in the kitchen because I thought it was somebody else's. I was like, did somebody get a trophy? Right? And my husband's like, I don't know. So I go and I open it up and it's a trophy. (laughs) Actually, I have it here. Here, I'll grab it right here. Yeah. So if you're watching, she's going to grab her trophy for Entrepreneur of the Year. And it's got a microphone. It's so amazing. Yeah. That is so so great. That is so cool. So my trophy. Yes. I love it. So, yes. you know, this is I think what you're talking about is so essential because mm-hmm. we get caught in the day to day minutia of the things that we want to achieve. And mm-hmm. so we do set these goals of things we want to accomplish in the day, in the week, in the month, in the year. These right. are what we're talking about in terms of goals. And I think having action plans and getting things done and The essential part that Marcy talked about is acknowledging at the end of the day what you have done that day Mm -hmm. so that you hit that success button. So your brain goes, yeah, we're going to do more of that tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's really what you're trying to do. That's the rat in the Skinner box with yourself is that you are pressing the success button, which sends dopamine and then you sleep well and then you feel good and then you wake up the next day energized to get back to work on these action steps that move you further and further towards that bigger vision. But they are goal getting what I call goal getting. But the thing that you talked about was this. 
which was when you are dreaming the vision part, it's essential for it to be creative. And the way that you described it was you said it was then I thought of this. Wouldn't that be cool? And then within this, what if that happened? And then that like that. And so it was an organic process. It builds on itself. And if you allow it to be creative, organic and expansive, you step into the future you never knew about, you never imagined. Right. That that to me is who you are to me. You are that expansive self who, you know, was able to get enormous funding. Did people just threw money at you to get that app? (laughs) Because the need, let me just say, the need Mm -hmm. is so high. We're talking about 20 million parents with kids that have issues, right? Yeah. So that's just incredible. Now, when you think about your vision now, Mm -hmm. what's your bigger vision then when you imagine it? Yeah. So for myself, you mean? Yes. And whatever you want to share. Yeah. So my bigger vision for the business is to make mental and behavioral health access available to everyone. Right. So when we set out on this vision in the first place, we said, we're going to help 1 million kids. And we wrote 1 million kids over everything. We have 1 million kids plastered all over the place and we still are going to do that. And it grew. Right. So the more people that I realized are really struggling like this, a million's not enough. So yeah. we really need to no, get 20 millions, 20 millions, what we're going for now. Yeah. Yeah. We're going for 20 million. Right. So having that as our North Star, our, our guiding light is huge. Right. And then there's also this empathy and this accessibility piece that it's not just that I want to help these families, because of course I do. I also want to make it a collaborative and accessible process where people are on the same page and we're in a peer-to-peer collaboration, right? On how to get their kid moving forward and their family moving forward. A lot of times when I say our family moving forward, a lot of times your child might not change that much, Yeah, but you changed, right? right? Because now you get it. You can say, you know, he doesn't have that skill yet. I'm going to stop beating myself up and getting on his case about this thing that, you know, he just doesn't have that yet. Right. So you're in a better place. And guess what? All the tension in the house comes down, right? You come and you go, Oh, I know what to do. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's just means that I know what to do. And so my tension's lower and I'm not putting that tension on my child. We say that it's very contagious when you're anxious and it goes to your child. Right. So we know that we can help families that way. That's a big thing for the business and it's huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love this. And I was thinking, you know, that's really the changing the homeostasis of everything, right? Mm -hmm. That we used to run or I used to run these couples therapy experiences in Oakland when I was just getting certified, right, as a drama Mm -hmm. therapist and finishing my degree. But I was with a clinical psychologist who had been doing couples therapy for years. So I got to create interactive experiences with her practice. But one of the things that she taught me was really about the face-to-face of the dynamic. And I practiced the things that I learned there every single day, which is when I want something to shift, I need to turn away from it, stop pushing for it to happen and turn away and allow the space for the change to occur. And that involves me changing me always. It's always about me, you changing yourself. And then it changes the dynamic and then everything is different. But the main thing is when you're holding 
firm and tight. It's the same with your business. You hold firm and tight to things that you want them a certain way. They got to look a certain way. The things on the right side of the picture in the desired future have to look a certain way. No, that's not how the world works. The world works by openness. The door opens in really. And once you let the door open, then you get inside. And I just think you're so incredible doing that. And I'm sure parents that are listening are with kids dealing with this, or if you know anybody in your neighborhood, you just got to go give them a thumbs up is what I have to say, because Mm -hmm. you have no idea the level of stress that they've been dealing with. Because if you love your kids, you can imagine they love their kids just as much, if not more. And they're doing everything they can to create a safe space for their child. And I like this because there's so much downstream benefit for this, you know, We just see these pockets of kids that are just getting left behind. And once you're left behind, then you don't have a choice, but you just go and do the wrong thing. And then you end up in a cycle of that because at least you've gotten rewarded somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of it is that if you can help early on to create a space for people to be who they are. Right. And that's the authenticity, too, that you're talking about, even in your own experience of your life. When you think about, you know, a lot of our listeners really tune in because they want to learn something new, of course, and also, but they are interested in pivoting. So what would you say, you know, are some things for people who need to shift and pivot in their business or their family dynamic, or what tips would you give them? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that this is more for your own personal success in life, not necessarily for your parenting. I love that. Um, One of the things that I would say is that I've learned and it's been so powerful for me that the things that you're afraid to do are the things that you must do. And the reason you're afraid is because that's the direction that your life needs to evolve And so what I ended up doing that has been extremely transformative for me is every morning before 9 a.m., I list off what I call my power moves, which are the things that are moving me forward, that there's some reason why they just keep not happening, right? So they just don't make the list every day. Well, the reason that I make the list is because I'm afraid to do that for whatever reason. Right, right. Like you think you don't know enough or you think it'll take too much time or you're going to have to call somebody that you don't know. Right. Right. So we're all imposters. Right. And sometimes in our lives, we think, (laughs) oh, if they only knew. Right. And so you avoid those interactions. And so what I've learned to do is just kind of Benjamin Hardy talks about the Brian Tracy book, Eat That Frog. Right. If you have to do two frogs, eat the ugliest one first. If you have to eat a frog, <laughs> eat it first thing in the morning, right? So I do that. So I sit down, I write down what I want to accomplish. And the ones that are really the scary ones, I just make sure I do at least one first thing in the morning. And on a really good day, I do three, right? Wow. And that's so, then, a, that's know, so great. Right? <laughs> yeah, 9, 9 a.m. <laughs> and I've had three wins, right? I can say, yeah. I sent that email. I made that call. I wrote that thing, right? I wrote a first draft. I wrote my crappy first draft of that thing that I don't want to write, right? Yeah. And then what happens is those moves 
build momentum, right? Yeah. So along the investment line, one of the things that is hard is, of course, for everyone to go ask for money, right? That's what I'm doing. That's what you do when you're seeking investment. And so I would start that, right? I would say, you know what, I'm going to reach out to that person. They seem interested and this might be a great opportunity for them. So let me reach out. So I would do that. And then what happens? They reach back right? And then you have a great conversation and you tell them what you're doing. And they say, you know, I know somebody else that would be interested in that. And I, I had mentioned to you before that investors are very interested because they hear this and people want to help, right? People are like, yeah. wow, like I know there's a mental health crisis. I yeah. know that parents are struggling and that they're like, gosh, what can I do? And every single investor I think I've ever talked to has someone in their life who has a child with issues, somebody, right? It could yeah. be themselves or it could be their nephew, their grandson, they've set someone, right? So they hear this and they go, I want to do something. And what happens when I reach out and do that power move, like, hi, good morning, Joe, (laughs) I want to talk to you. They get this idea of, hey, I can be a part of this. And so that momentum begins to build. And well, and people are always looking for ways to help. You know, the best way Mm -hmm. to get people engaged in your business is to ask for their help. Ask right. them to help you yeah. because people are longing to be helpful. They want to be needed. That's what's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so you think in your mind about, let's go back to kind of traditional goal setting. If I set a goal and if I work at that goal every day, odds are I'm going to get closer and closer and yep. maybe make it right. And this is even more powerful than that, because not only am I setting a goal, but I have this long-term vision for my life, right? And every day I'm making bold power moves towards it, right? Yes, and I would say, this is how we leap over time, really. This is how we close the time-space continuum is by doing something so challenging. It builds, one, your confidence and your courage because you realize, hey, if I did that once, I did that yesterday. So this is gonna be no problem today if Mm -hmm. I'm gonna call somebody else, right? And so you get better and better at the things you're afraid of. And then you find these other things that you're afraid of and you think, okay, but I had that success when I was afraid of that. Now I'm gonna move into that. Now you've just retrained yourself, you know, the neuro programming now, the new record is playing that I'm capable of doing anything, which is what is true and how you come into the world. And then you just forget it because you get piled on with all kinds of beliefs, right? Lots of, yeah, I think that's so true and so powerful. What you also find when you make those bold power moves is the stuff you're afraid of is not half as scary as you thought, right? Maybe not even a tenth as scary as you thought. You have the conversation and the person's like, yeah, I would love to hear more. And you're like, okay, what was I waiting for? <laughs> right? What were we doing? Right? Sitting uh-huh. on my couch, worrying, wringing my hands when I could just ask, right? So I've learned that, that those things that I'm afraid of are the things I need to run towards because what's happening is the reason I'm scared of that is because that's exactly the thing that's going to make the most difference. And yep. it's going to require me to grow, right? It's going to say, hey, it's going to call on some skills that maybe need a little harvesting, right? Maybe yeah. that's not my best moment there. And so I've got to work harder at that one. So of course, yeah. I'm afraid to do it. But I love I that. doing it and look, it works, right? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Good. All right. I love that. That is the best tip. I'm going to do that right away. 
as soon as we get off the call, there's something I'm afraid to do. And I'm going to do it right away because I got to change, you know, how that is. And I know it's slightly after nine when we're recording this, but who cares? So I would just like to say this to you. I am so just awed by you, all the things that you did. And as a therapist myself, I love the fact that I was a therapist back in the day, but I love the fact that you have chosen to do something that you took up the mantle to make a change in the world that really is helping to impact the lives of families everywhere. And I can't thank you enough for doing that, Marcy. Having you here for this time, I can't wait to have you back because I know that you're going to have new information for us and and that future that you're stepping into is just only begun. I think it's only begun. And so just thank you so much for everything that you do. This was really wonderful to be here, Patty. And I'm really excited to get to share this message with your listeners. And I would tell them, go do it. Go do it afraid. Yeah. And see what happens. See what That's happens. right. Do it afraid. Eat the frog. Yeah. And yeah. in the show notes, you'll see how you can connect with Marcy. And also, you should go to her website, Clear Child Psychology, and find out what she's up to. There's a lot of information there that will be helpful to you and to others in your life. So go there. Thank you, Marcy, for being here, for doing this with me today. Thanks. And I look forward to seeing you again. Here we go, everybody. And you know what I say to you until next time up your creative genius, right? Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to DM me on Instagram, your feedback or takeaways from today's episode on up your creative genius. Then join me next week for more rocket fuel. Remember, you are the superstar of your universe and the world needs what you have to bring. So get busy, get out and up your creative genius. And no matter where you are in the universe, here's some big love from yours truly, Patty Dobervolsky and the Up Your Creative Genius podcast. That's a wrap. <laughs>